All right, we're rolling. Okay. Praise the Lord. Oh. Uh, I want to start, and we've still been talking about David, and I did a little, I just, just before I got here, I was just looking with the, just real quickly, and I know we mentioned David a good bit, but you know what? He's mentioned over 50 times, it's actually supposedly 58 passages, whatever, but about David, and then uh, I was, um, I had mentioned the other day, I said, uh, you find David, of course, in First and Second Samuel, and First uh, Kings, barely, because he's the first one, actually the second king. You find him in Chronicles, the first part of First Chronicles. But I mentioned, I said, you might find him, he might be referenced in the book of Revelation, and, uh, <clears throat> but he'll, he'll just be referenced. Well, anyway, I had forgotten about this verse, so watch this. This is so good. You know, oh, this picture right here, oh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is in that third chapter, Revelation 3, 21. Now, a couple things we already know about this. Uh, he says, he tells us all the time in the third chapter and the second chapter, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. So we're supposed to listen. Okay. And it's not about, oh my gosh, you're just whatever. You know. Well, we realize if you make a mistake, so we, we straighten up. But we still listen. But now watch this, what he says to, uh, um, to here it is right here. Look at that. Verse 7. Write this letter to the leader of the church in Philadelphia. Really, it's the angel of the church is what the, the King James says. But anyway. This message, see David's coming up, watch this. This message is sent to you by the one who is holy and true and has, look at this, what do they call it? The key of David? What? To open what no one can shut and to shut what no one can open. Basically, David had a free ride. We have all the details that we're fixing to jump back into uh, right after we, where we left off last time. But it's called the key of David. Why do you call it the key of David? Well, you would have to know the stories. So let's go back over here and let's pick up where we left off. The key of David. Wow. But anyway, uh, uh, one thing before I go, I do want to mention that uh, where he says that, uh, uh, let's see, let's see. Yeah, yeah, look at that, verse 13. Let all who hear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Well, he just mentioned about that key of David. Wow, and opening up doors you can't open and, and closing doors that uh, no one's able to shut, whatever. Okay, uh, so let's go find out some things about this key of David because we are totally clueless if we don't know about David. Oh, before I go any further, remember this is chronological. And I was looking at this on paper and I was writing it down because you can see it on that, on that map back there in the back. But when creation here in Genesis, God created the world. 15, basically, it's really 1,600, but we'll just say 1,500. 1,500 years later, flood. Wow. 500 years after that flood was Abraham. 500 more years was Moses. 500 more years was David. 500 more years was Nebuchadnezzar. They were all thrown away. Then 500 more puts you at Jesus. But anyway, it's kind of pretty neat to how, it's, how, it's, how it's broken out. <clears throat> which puts you 4,000 years before Jesus was um, <clears throat> creation. And anyway, oh, that's just kind of interesting. <clears throat> okay. I mean, and Jesus actually says, I mean, no, we have today. If you just go look, just, just if you're not busy sometimes, get on your phone and just, just, or your computer, just say young earth and go look. And I mean, the evidence is overwhelming. What's so funny is all the fossils, all the fossil records that we have here, we say, well, the dinosaurs and all this kind of stuff, 
That's 4% of all the fossils that they've ever found. Guess what? The other, they're called vertebrates. You know what those other, other fossils are? Marine fossils. That was a big flood. <laughs> I mean, so we're only looking at a few dinosaur fossils, which were buried inside marine fossils anyway. So there was a gigantic flood. And it's just interesting. In the beginning, the 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 spirit of God was over, was brooding over the over the, over the face of the deep. Kind of like, what's all this water come from? It's it's just amazing how the Bible is is not. We're not backtracking when we look at the Bible or even say, I believe the Bible. I mean, you're on good ground because Jesus believed that in the beginning He made him male and female. He didn't say, Well, in the beginning we were an amoeba, we were a bacteria. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh no. Okay, let's get back to this. So. Let's pick up here about David because we're looking at the key. Uh, he has the key of David is what the book of Revelation says. So let's go and put us back here in 1 Samuel. And we left off here at uh, 19. Saul is so mad at David. Remember, he's trying to assassinate him. Okay. And if you come on down here at the very end, what's so funny is your enemy's coming after you. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes on Saul who wanted to kill him. And now he's down there prophesying. Now, what's prophesying? Well, he's talking about the wonderful things of God. He's not going, oh, this nation is going to hell. (laughs) There's more to prophesying than just things like that. And when you understand why Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah were saying that, that's because the king that he kept going in there saying, he said, look, fella, if you don't turn this nation around, we're going to lose it all. Nebuchadnezzar is over the hill. He's on his way. But we try to interpret that today and say, you know, well, we got abortion in the United States. I don't do abortions at my house. I serve the Lord. Don't just identify yourself with this nation and think, oh, no. It's totally different. It's different. But we got people out there and the whole thing, only thing they'll preach this morning is our nation's going down the tube. And if you just watch closely, our nation's not going down the tube. Praise the Lord. So many good things going on out there right now. Okay. But anyway, so here we go. Oh, so Saul is still trying to kill David. But look what happened. Wouldn't you say the Lord got involved? I can't say Samuel did this. Samuel had a gun and he shot Saul with some spook spirit stuff. And <laughs> The Lord did this. So no matter what your enemies are trying to do to you, no matter what, they're not going to prosper. Praise the Lord. Now, here we go. The key of David. Look at that key working for him. And it works for us too because we just found out that key is ours. David fled to, what did you say, Birmingham, you know, and whatever, in Alabama, and then and found Jonathan. Okay, now Jonathan was Saul's son. And David says, what have I done? Why is your father determined to kill me? Now look at this, Jonathan was clueless. That's not true. Oh, man, his dad had that so hid. That's not true, Jonathan protested. I'm sure he's not planning such a thing, for he always tells me everything. <laughs> Watch what David says. Even the little things. And I know he wouldn't hide something like this from me. And look what David says. Of course you don't know, David fumed. You know, David needs to work on his attitude. This doesn't say anything about attitude. Let me tell you something. You get your life threatened, you're probably going to blow your cool too. (laughs) But it's okay. You still got the key of David. Yeah, we're so worried that I had a bad attitude towards somebody. And I I probably spoke harshly to Jonathan. Hello! He was, (laughs) it's okay. You know, I appreciate my parents, and I know my kids are here too, and they'll vouch for me too, because I know, you know, they never said anything otherwise. But when Daddy lost his cool, you know, it's okay. Jesus lost his cool, ran everybody out of the temple. He didn't say, I hope I didn't hurt you with that whip, did I? But look, get those cows out of here. He turned that whole temple upside down. He did. Okay. 
But anyway, but here's what happens here. So here's what he says. Oh, let's see. Of course you don't know about it, David fumed. Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. And he has said to himself, I'll not tell Jonathan. Why should I hurt him? But the truth is, is that I'm only one step away from death. Now, this is David saying, man, you don't realize your dad's trying to kill me. And I swear by the Lord and by your own soul. I, I swear that. Okay, tell me what I can do, Jonathan begged. David said, tomorrow's the beginning of the celebration of the new moon. Remember, David was supposed to eat dinner with him all the time. Always before, I've been with your father for this event. <clears throat> okay, new moon. That happens once a month, obviously. But tomorrow, I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him that I asked permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family reunion. If he says, fine, then I'll know all is well. But if he is angry, then I'll know that he's planning to kill me. <clears throat> Do this for me as my sworn brother, or else kill me yourself if I've sinned against your father, but don't, me, don't betray me to him. That's what David was saying. Jonathan replied, of course not. Look, uh, wouldn't I say so if I knew my father was planning to kill you? Then David asked, how will I know whether or not your father uh, uh, is angry? Come out in the field uh, with, uh, he says, come out in the field with me, Jonathan replied. And they went out there together. Then Jonathan told David, I promised by the, by the Lord of Israel by this time tomorrow, the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father about you and let you know how he feels about you. If he's angry and wants to kill you, then may the Lord kill me if I don't tell you so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. And remember, you must demonstrate this love and kindness of the Lord not only during my own lifetime, but also to my children after the Lord has destroyed all of your enemies. Now that's important because Joab... David's nephew is king, or actually not king, he's general of David's armies. And Joab on his own wants to go after Abner, which Abner is one of Saul's, it's his uncle, but it's part of that family. And David doesn't appreciate that because he swore he would protect all of Saul's uh, family. Even when he tried, he could have killed Saul those two times he cut he cut his clothes when he was you know trying to go to the bathroom in the cave, and then he stole his staff and his uh, water jug while they were sleeping. He could have killed him. He didn't do it anyway. So Jonathan made a covenant with the family of David, and David swore it with a terrible curse upon himself and his descendants should he be unfaithful to the promise. But Jonathan made David swear to it again. Says I just do it one more time, you know. Jonathan, yes, they will miss you tomorrow when your place at the table is empty. But the day after tomorrow, everyone will, scroll down here, will be asking about you. So, the, so, so be at the hideout where you were before by the stone pile. I'll come out and shoot three arrows in front of the pile as though I were shooting at a target. And I'll send a lad. This is that famous story. If you hear me say they're on this side, then you'll know all is well and there's no trouble. But if I tell him, go farther, the arrows are still beyond you then that means you must leave immediately because dad's going to kill you, okay? And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other, for he has witnessed them. So David hid himself in the field. Well, here's when it all hit the fan. Let's see what happened. When the new moon celebration began, the king sat down to eat his usual place against the wall. Jonathan sat opposite him. Abner, that's his, that's, that was Saul's uncle, uh, was sitting beside Paul, but David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day, for he supposed something happened to David and was ceremonially unpure. Uh, yes, surely, that must be it. But when his place was empty the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, why hadn't David been here for dinner yesterday or today? He asked me if he could go to Bethlehem to take part in a family celebration, Jonathan replied. 
His brother demanded that he be there, so I told him, go ahead. Oh, he blew a gasket. Saul was mad. Look what he does. He boiled with rage. You fool, he yelled at him. You, do you think that I don't know that you want to be this son of a nobody? No, do you think I don't know that you are a son of this nobody? He basically says, he called him a bastard what he did. That's what King James says so. As long as that fellow's alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But what's he done? Jonathan demanded. Now guess what's going to happen here? Look at this. Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan and told him to kill him. Really, the Lord has left this guy. I mean, this guy's like demon-possessed. He's trying to kill his own son. Man. Would you notice Jonathan got away? He missed him. And I don't think it's because Saul's such a lousy shot because Saul has killed his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. I mean, Saul's a pretty good warrior. But the Lord is an absolute great protector. Anyways, Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat all that day. Well, that's not the right kind of attitude. Well, yes, it was. Come on, this is real life. Your dad's trying to kill you and you're not mad about it? Mm-hmm. The next morning, as agreed, Jonathan went out into the field and took a young boy with him to gather his arrows. Start running, he told the boy, so that you can find the arrows when I shoot them. As the boy ran, Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy almost reached the arrow, Jonathan shouted out, The arrow is still ahead of you. Hurry, hurry, don't wait. So the boy ran quickly and gathered up the arrows and ran back to his master. He, of course, didn't understand what Jonathan meant. Only Jonathan and David. Remember, David's hiding. He knew. Jonathan gave his bow and arrow to the young boy and told him, take them all back. Can you imagine that? Just, just think about it a second. I mean, so apparently he was not kin to this boy. He could have been, but I, I think he's just sort of a palace. Oh, young, young kids. Sent that palace guy back. As soon as he was gone, David came out from where he'd been hiding in the south edge of the field. Both of them were crying. What's all this about? Well, if you've been paying attention to the story, you know. David's no longer going to be at that household. Jonathan knows. Remember, he didn't know, but now he knows. My dad does want to kill you because he just threw a sword at me. I mean, they were crying their eyes out. At last, Jonathan said to David, Cheer up. We've entrusted each other and each other's children into God's hand forever. So they departed, and David going away and Jonathan returning to the city. Again, the key of David. What happened there? David was spared. David found out ahead of time. He had an insider saying, my dad's going to kill you. And he got out. David went to the city of Nob to see Ahimelech, the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he saw him. Now remember, you've got to quit thinking, you know, everybody's got to be perfect and whatever, because David's going to lie here. He told a lie? Yeah, he's going to lie. Watch him. Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? Oh, the king sent me on a private matter. <laughs> no, he didn't. You got to come back to that key of David. What's the key of David? If you keep watching the stories of David, you'll see what David did. There's one thing in common that he did throughout the whole time. He loved the Lord. We all make mistakes. I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. We all love the Lord. Loving the Lord is basically having a prayer life. Get me out of trouble. Help me. I mean, if my favorite ring is this one right here, guess what? I'm going to wear it. <laughs> I'm looking for it every day. It's just same thing with the Lord. If the Lord is who's going to get me out of trouble, I'm always looking for him. Some people get so, wow, we need to learn to just don't ask the Lord for anything. Listen, we are in so much trouble down here. When Adam fell, death reigned. We are in total darkness down here. It's okay to pray. Matter of fact, you have that in the, uh, Paul wrote it. And he said, pray about everything. And, and we, we love him because he first loved us. 
John said in First John. John figured it out, and a child figures that out. A child's not going to stick. Uh, Grace and Evelyn and Ryder, are, they're, they're not going to like Joy and Josh if they're going to be horrible to them. They just, I mean, they're just kids. They don't, well, I have to because... They're just smart. If they treat their kids horribly, they're going to, kids are like, I don't want to even do my parents. And so it's the same thing with the Lord. We love him because he first loved us. But sometimes we think it, it's a religious thing. You know, God can do without me. Well, that's not what he said. He said when he was demonstrating that the, that the eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. He loves you. He needs you. He does. It's just sometimes we just get it backwards sometimes. We don't think God wants to help us. So David left and he went over here and this priest, he says, why are you alone? Ah, uh, the king put me on a private matter. Now I'll tell you ahead of time, something David's going to do here is going to cost this priest and all his families, they're all going to get killed. David, uh, he didn't know what's going to happen now, but Saul's going to show up and have all these guys killed. <sighs> but there's something that David's going to do to one of, one of this guy's sons. Watch this. David lied. Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, we, I mean, I told lies when I was a kid. You know, I did. My parents, did you do that? Uh, Darlene did it, my sister. I didn't do it. She did it. It's just instantly. But you don't freak out and think, oh, no, God doesn't love me anymore. No, you have the key of David. The key of David was you have his mercy. He said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You're not trying to get away with anything. Remember, remember what's happening here? David is scared. That's what produced the lie. Uh, uh, the king sent me on special matter. Now watch this. This is interesting. This is why this stuff is not fairy tales. Watch some history show up here that couldn't have been a fairy tale. Uh, you got anything to eat there? Oh, here's something else. Jesus referenced this story when all 12 of his disciples were going through the grain fields grabbing corn and eating. Pharisees said, hey, your guys are harvesting on the Sabbath. Y'all are breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus said, haven't you ever heard the story? When David and his men, this is that story. He said, I told my men where to meet me. Uh, let's see, excuse me, David lied. He told me not to tell anyone why I'm here. I've told my men where to meet me later. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread, anything you've got. I don't have any regular bread. That's because he's got the holy bread on the Lord's table. We don't have any regular bread, the priest replied. But there's holy bread, which I guess you can have if only your young men, young men have not slept with any women for a while. Rest assured, David said, notice the choice of words he used. I never let my men run wild. <laughs> okay, I guess they have no saloons around there. Look at the phrase, run wild. I mean, the Bible's such a real book, praise the Lord. Anyway. When they're on an expedition, and since they stay clean, even on ordinary trips, how much more on this one? So since there was no other food available, remember Jesus said, didn't you remember that? Have you not read? We're reading it. The priest gave him the holy bread. And see, Jesus said, you ain't supposed to do that. But he said, you do. Because life is important. David and his men were going to starve. Well, here, take the holy bread. We're not going to die. Have some. But that's the holy bread. It's okay. It makes it even better. Praise the Lord. The priest gave him the holy bread. Look what it's called. The bread of the presence. What does that mean? Well, he's not present for himself. He's present for us. That was the whole purpose of the lampstand and whatever. When you go into prayer, thank God he's here. Wouldn't it be disappointing if you went in there and go, there ain't no bread and the candle's not lit. <laughs> well, God ain't there. But that's the purpose of that. He is there. Okay. 
before the Lord in the tabernacle. It just had been placed, replaced that day with fresh bread. Isn't that nice? It had a fresh loaf. Incidentally, now here's the bad thing. Doag the Edomite. Now guess what? If you've been reading your Bible, we have. The Edomites were descendants of Esau. The chain. You can look at that chart and you'd see that back there. Anyway, anyway Doag, might as well call him a dog because he was an idiot. Saul's chief herdsman was there at the time. So he saw this happen. He's the one that's actually going to wind up killing all these guys. Anyway, David asked Ahimelech, if there, watch this, here's history. All them fables. These are just fables. Oh yeah, watch this. Hey, uh, you got a spear or a sword I could use? The king's business requires such haste. And, he, and I left in such a hurry without a weapon. David explained. Boy, you're carrying that lie, aren't you? Remember now, hey, he's threatened for his life. He's, well, the priest replied, I have the sword of Goliath. Now, if this was Dustin, watch this. Dustin would know this because look at the way David says this. The Philistine, the fellow you killed in the Valley of Elah, it's wrapped in a cloth, but in the closet, but, uh, in the clothes closet. Take that if you want it. There's nothing else. <laughs> David says, oh, that's just the thing. That's perfect. I can handle that sword because he used it to cut Goliath's head off. Give it to me. Then David hurried on but was fearful of Saul. Ah, yeah. And he went to King Achish. Now, this is that famous story where David acts like he's insane. King Ash's officers weren't happy about him being there. Isn't he the top leader of Israel? See, because these guys fought one nation against another. Isn't he one of the people? They honored in their dances singing, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands, and now he's right here. So David starts drooling, like he's a mad guy. David heard these comments and was afraid of King Ash's might do to him. So he pretended to be insane. That's a lie. He scratched on doors and let his split, spittle flow out of his beard. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Remember, this is the key of David. Hey, it's the end of that chapter right here. Look at this. Until finally, King Achish said to his men, Must you bring me a madman? We already have enough, we already have enough of them around. You know, Bob lives in our town. You know, <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Such a fella should be, uh, he said, should such a fella be my guest? Wow. Anyway, so he got out of that one. 22, David left Gath. He escaped to the cave of Adullah, where his brothers and relatives soon joined him. Wow. Then others began coming, those who were in any kind of trouble, such as being in debt or merely discontented, until David was a leader of about 400 men. Wow. Anyway, David left Mizpah to Moab to ask permission. Now, what's this? You care about your mom and dad. And he knew how it works. We see this on TV. Well, we'll fix him. Go get his girlfriend. We'll hold a gun to his girlfriend's head. David knew his parents would be in trouble. So David rescued his parents and took his parents and told this king, asked this king of Moab, he says, can you let my mom and dad live here under royal protection? How far does this key of David work? Works great. Belongs to you and I too. For David knew what God was going to do for him until, until David knew what God was going to do for him. They stayed in Moab during the entire period when David was living in the cave. In other words, when, when David wound up being king, come on home. One day, the prophet Gad told David to leave the cave, return to the land of Judah. So David went to the forest of Heroth. The news of David's arrival in Judah soon reached Saul. He was in Gibeah at the time, sitting beneath the oak tree, playing <clears throat> with his spear. Now, boy, here's some more. Saul's going to try to kill him. We'll stop after this chapter. Watch this. Anyway, listen here, you men of Benjamin. Now, this is how far gone Saul was. Saul exclaimed uh, when he heard the news, has David promised you fields and vineyards and commissions in the army? Is that why you're against me? 
For not one of you has ever told me that my son is on David's side. Well, that's because they, they knew how stupid Saul was acting. Everybody liked David. You're not even sorry for me. Now, here comes the old Doag idiot. Think of it, my own son encouraging David to come kill me. Then Doag the Edomite, who was standing there with Saul's men, spoke says, I was at Nob, and I heard David talking to Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech consulted the Lord to find out what David should do, then gave him food and the sword of Goliath. I tell you, watch what happens here. Saul immediately summoned Ahimelech and all his family and all the priests at Nob. Boy, he wiped out a whole zip code here. When they arrived, Saul shouted at him, Listen to me, you son of a high tube. What is it? quavered Ahimelech. Why have you conspired? Why have you and David conspired against me? Saul demanded. Why did you give him food and a sword and talk to God for him? Why did you encourage him to revolt against me? Well, this is what everybody was saying. But sir, Ahimelech replied, is there anyone among your servants who is as faithful as David, your son-in-law? Why, he's captain of your bodyguard, a highly honored member of your own household. This was certainly not the first time I consulted God for him. It's unfair for you to accuse me and my family of this matter, for we knew nothing of any plot. You'll die, Ahimelech, along with your entire family, he shouted. He ordered his bodyguards, watch this, bodyguards, get them. <laughs> they wouldn't move a muscle, they weren't doing it, because these were holy guys. Plus, they knew their boss was loony. Kill the priests for their allies and conspirators with David. They knew he was running away from me, but they didn't tell me. But the soldiers refused to harm the clergy. They weren't going to move. Man, I tell you, it's a wonder, <laughs> wonder Saul didn't have all those guys killed. Then the king turned to Doeg. You do it. Doeg turned on them, killed them all. Eighty-five priests and all wearing priestly robes. Now, some people will just stop and they go, Well, I wonder why they didn't get to... Don't worry about those. Stay with David. You're with David. I understand these guys lost their lives, but don't focus on that. People say, well, the airplane went down. You mean to tell me you'll survive? Well, I believe I'll survive. Focus on you, okay? Then he went to Nob, the priest, and killed the priest's families. Boy, women and children. And he wiped them out. Babies, oxen, out of control. One of them escaped. Watch this. Only Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, escaped and fled to David. Now, we're going to stop right here, but notice what David says to him. When he told him what Saul had done, David exclaimed, I knew it, I knew it when Doag was there. I knew he would tell Saul, now I have caused the death of your entire family. Now, look what David says here. Stay here with me, and I'll protect you with my own life. Any harm to you will be over my dead body. <laughs> I mean, what a promise to Ahimelech's son that escaped. Of course, remember, there wasn't no YouTube or anything. There wasn't no internet. David didn't know this happened until Ahimelech's son showed up. Well, look what David said. I'll protect you. It's not like, well, you never know. I mean, sometimes good days, bad days. David said, I swear, nothing's going to come to you except over my dead body. And if you watch David, he lived all the way till he passed out as an old person. Praise the Lord. Key of David. Praise the Lord. We're just scratching the surface. You can read these things on your own. But Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have the key of David. You said so in Revelation. Praise the Lord. Just like Revelation 3, 21, you stand at the door and knock. Praise the Lord. What is the key of David? Well, looking back and seeing everything you blessed him with, we see we have those same blessings. They're ours. Praise God. You're going to keep us alive today. You're going to keep us blessed. You keep us fed. Keep us safe. Praise the Lord. 
So, Father, we just thank you. If we're not feeling good today, you'll fix that. If we're hurting financially, you'll fix that. And if there's any other problem whatsoever, it couldn't be any worse than what we've read in these scriptures here. You'll get us out of all of that. We just thank you for it. That doesn't leave anything left for us to tell our records about what you've done in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a good preacher. Amen. That's good. Mm.